This is RangerCast, Episode 20, Power Rangers Cosmic Fury Hype, recorded on Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. In this episode, we break down the reveals about the new series, discuss the 30th anniversary comic, and react to some of the toys and merch headed our way. This is RangerCast. As always, I am Tyler, better known as Readable Bolto, and I am joined by... Josh, a.k.a. Crimson Sooners. What's up, everypony? All right, and uh, so the big news, of course, you heard it right in the opening there, is we've got a lot of Cosmic Fury news to talk about, and we will talk about it later. But in the meantime, something we do want to say up front is that while we were away... Uh, while I was on vacation, actually, I believe I was in Los Angeles when I got this email. That was a great trip. Um, by the way, um, I heard from SAG-AFTRA uh, in regards to how to handle talking about Power Rangers during the strike. And what they told us is that since Cosmic Fury is not a union production, it's not affected by the ask they're making of fan influencers and podcasts that they avoid talking about union shows. That being said, there are Power Rangers productions that are union, or that have been union, uh, including something from earlier this year, that we're going to try our best to talk around uh, and respect the ongoing strike as much as possible. Anyway, moving on. So the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers... Power Day came and went. Uh, Hasbro posted a short clip of Cosmic Fury, and they dropped a shirt on the Pulse site, which was really not new art. People noticed pretty quickly that it was traces of, like, figure arts and, um, and other old toy art, that sort of thing. And some of the color choice was really weird. Like, all the Power Blasters were different colors. Um... Yeah, fans sussed that out pretty quickly. But the thing that probably should have dropped on Power Rangers Day and is kind of making its way out there in the wild in some parts of the world is the Lightning Collection Master Morpher release. And this is something that fans have believed was happening for a while. And it looks pretty good. You know, the coins... I mean, I need to actually see it, hold it, yada, yada, yada. But the coins look different from the ones on the... Lightning Collection Power Morpher release. They look a lot more weathered, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, they're the, hmm? they're more screen they're more screen accurate. Yeah, they're, they, yeah I, I mean it, screen accurate. That kind of depends, you know, which screen you're well, talking oh, well, about. Well, the, the original um, run. If you look at Mark Richardson's mm-hmm. molds, um, it has that very dull. Um, goldish color and that's what they were going for for that so yeah. if you look at like some of his stuff that he sells to yeah. that it's pr- outside of you know we made this here versus getting it shipped over it's pretty spot on for the color right right but um, my point it. is depending depending on you know which yeah. episodes Later you're looking on, yeah. at there are episodes where they definitely just got the morphers from Walmart absolutely um, um, yeah I mean it's going to be a must buy but the catch about the Master Morpher is in 
the sounds. And yeah, because it was hinted at in um, Hasbro's stream some months ago that he, adjacent Frank, recorded some things for the Master Morpher before he died. Um, but whoever wrote the things that they had him say for the Morpher, I'm not sure if they actually watched the show or if they did they didn't understand the things that fans would want from this release uh like there's nothing in it that specifically references dimensions in danger and one of the lines has him saying 1993 it's morphin time um they don't quite resemble his morphing calls, that sort of thing. Yeah, the quality... I, 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 I'm I, just going to kind of lump it together. The quality that exists between the Legacy and the Master Morpher, when you put like both together, yeah, the quality is a little bit more there with the Legacy Morpher, the, the green and white one. Um, mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, the Master Morpher is, is well worth the price. It's probably mm -hmm. going to be 100 bucks. Yeah, for what it is, it it is a love letter to the fans. It's diecast coins, the plates are metal, um, the the coins are a little more, like I said, that more gold, dullish gold. Like they they really try, but then it's like it's the little things that, like a Hasbro product, add up. The weird voice um, voices um, script, whatever you want to call it, with the Master Morpher them not being true coins that are held into the Morpher versus the Legacy. It's more of the old school 93. On the back of it, the screws aren't covered versus like the Legacy one. It's little things like that that just add up. But the flip side, it's his final project. It's going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah, I mean, two things. They didn't know a year ago Correct. that they were only going to get one shot of this. Correct. But it, it seems like the theme with Hasbro and the Lightning Collection, the story of the, the Lightning Collection, and of so many of Hasbro's tour releases for Power Rangers, is great idea, bad execution. You know, for all of Correct. the faults of Bandai, especially in those later years, um, the Legacy Collection was made with a lot of love and effort and all those products that were high quality and hefty. And, you know, again, thinking about voice lines, like you, you turn on Legacy Saba and Tony Oliver is saying very Saba-ish things. Um, like things yeah. that you can trace to the show. It's one of those if you turn the sound off on it, mm -hmm. it's a good... It, it Outside of the screws on the back being exposed like it's a good quality product yeah yeah um but anyway moving on after months of wondering and uh you know discussion about who was close on it hasbro did finally reach an agreement with lionsgate to sell entertainment one uh, for $500 million, Hasbro will keep all the IP and the back catalog 
the so 500 million may seem like a huge loss compared to the 3.8 billion dollars that they bought Entertainment One for in August 2019. That's a bit misleading because they did, did sell assets like the music library, and they are keeping Peppa Pig, which came with the original purchase. So that's a pretty big deal for Hasbro. Um, so what does it mean? They're basically getting a refund on the stuff they don't want. Yeah, yeah, but it's very confusing because you have Chris Cox saying that they're going to pursue this license strategy. Uh, like, for example, they're still working with Entertainment One on a film adaptation of Monopoly, which, okay. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work, but okay. Um, that's called real life. <laughs> um, are they making a game on that, on the, the game of life? A movie on that? No, 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 you didn't catch my... <laughs> I know, I'm, 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 I was just making a different joke. Aha, uh-huh. uh-huh. the, the irony, I tried to catch you off guard, you got me off guard. That was a good one, I, I give you props. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, it seemed like Hasbro is getting out of the entertainment business, uh, but then a couple days later, Hasbro announced the opening of Hasbro Entertainment, which would include, which would be led, I should say, by Olivier Dumont, who, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he was a Entertainment One, or he is an Entertainment One executive who is currently listed as an EP on Power Rangers. And uh, Gabriel Morano will head the TV division. He's also worked with Power Rangers. Uh, so this is according to the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the new division under uh, under Chris Cox. It, let me rewind. I'm I'm trying to find the um the paragraph here. That's okay. Um. So it's unclear really what Hasbro's strategy going forward will be if they're gonna you know sell you one and then open this new division. Uh, but the new division to unify film, TV, animation, digital media production, according to the Hollywood Reporter, will be led by Olivier Dumont. Zev Foreman is head of film. Gabriel Morano is head of TV. Um, at, at Entertainment One, Foreman and Morano were focused on mining Hasbro's properties for original IP, and they'll continue doing that in their new roles. In a quote in the Hollywood Reporter, Olivier Dumont said, We are thrilled to embark this new chapter, building upon our rich heritage of storytelling to continue delighting audiences across generations. Gabe, Zev, and I look forward to working with the industry's best creative talent studios and distribution platforms to push the envelope with innovative storytelling that will let fans engage with their favorite brands like never before, also building exciting new worlds in the next wave of Hasbro franchises for a growing audience. Um, it seems to me like end of the day what chris cox wanted was to get all these unrelated tv shows and movies off hasbro's portfolio and maybe there's some value to that but on the other hand there's an element of this that doesn't make a whole lot of sense they're they're doing kind of in an i in a 
unrelated but related almost way it sounds like what espn and fox are doing with uh current college football conferences there's teams they want and there's teams that they don't want how can you do that have the conference dissolve so the teams move to the places you go to without having to pay a dime this seems like kind of the same strategy the all bet a little bit more expensive but we want peppa pig okay we'll just buy the brand that owns peppa pig and now we're going to offload the rest <laughs> Don't you find there is a little irony, though, between that Saban sold Power Rangers because the movie did horribly with Lionsgate, and now Hasbro is selling E1 to Lionsgate? I feel like there's a, no. some irony joke there. <laughs> no. No, I mean, they're pretty much— like, I know Lionsgate is distributed. They were, they were a company—like, no, no, Lionsgate actually made the movie. Um, but they're, they were just best positioned to make this deal. You know, um, mid-sized studio, big library, you know, it makes sense for Lionsgate. And if Hasbro was going to sell, it made sense for Hasbro. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I found it just as some irony for it. It's not, hmm. that part's not directly related to Power Rangers, but. Yeah, and I, I, anyway. I think it's important to point out that nothing for Power Rangers is changing in the short term. Or probably a medium term, but Jonathan Whistle and Jenny Klein, their deals are with Entertainment One, and yeah, uh, we've we're still because of the strike, we're not going to hear anything for a while on what on what uh, the future of Power Rangers holds. But you know, we'll know what we know. Now switching gears. Koichi Sakamoto, who never, ever, 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 ever does cons. I think the last convention he went to was Power Morphicon in 2007. That's how far I had to go to find a file photo. He will be at Anime NJ in Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey, December 15th to 17th. Uh, that's a convention organized by Media Blasters. So, unlike other conventions, I guess maybe the reason that he, he felt compelled to take that invite is because Media Blasters recently licensed a film he directed titled Ninja vs. Shark. You can read more information about this stuff on rangercast.net. So I'm definitely going to be there. He's going to be doing autographs. He's going to be there the whole weekend. Um, I'm going to try to make it That's out. Bad. I'm going to I'm going to try to make it out there. It's kind of in a, a weird place in Bergen County, kind of like north of Newark. Um... But uh, I'm going to try to go uh, and, you know, I'm gonna, you know, let's say it's a business trip, <laughs> uh, but but dead serious. I, I'm going to try to make it a business trip, if you know what I mean, uh, because I've said yeah. in the past that interviewing him would be my white whale. Uh, but you can go on AnimeNJ.com and register check out the guests um he is by far the biggest name on their guest list there are a bunch of like new york area voice actors people who've done voice and like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh's excel it's going to be a very small con i think john cirabella who basically is media blasters he's expecting around a thousand people i think that's what he's trying to cap it at um it should be a good time and it's rare that you see a convention that isn't Power Morphicon or Ranger Stop cater to Toku fans in this very specific way, or Japan World Heroes 
uh, which recently happened and it seemed like everybody had a good time, cater to fans with this specific a guest. Uh, and and to add really fast to that, to keep in mind as well that a lot of the conventions, and I, I feel like we have to say this as well, if not that they don't want to, it's just very, very, very expensive to fly people mm-hmm. overseas. It is. Especially if they're reaching the East Coast. Right. Um, again, that, that people want them. Don't get don't don't mistake it. It's just yeah, it's like that's your entire budget. <laughs> and then some sometimes. Power Morphicon can get away with it. Um Ranger Stop can, but man, I I can understand why it's like why it's a huge get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because of somebody who just doesn't do these things, period. And it's it's such a small con. Yeah. Like, you know, you think the Power Morph kind of small, but there's still, like, a few thousand people there. Um, but anyway, moving on, Legacy Wars, speaking of Master Morpher, added Master Morpher Tommy. Uh, and let me just say, from my experience in playing the game, you know, last few days and in events and stuff, uh, he's a bit of a game-breaker. Like all it takes is one opening, and you are, and when you're facing him, you are done. You're just done uh, because of the flurries that that character can do. Uh, but it uses Jason David Frank's voice clips, and it looks cool. Uh, but it's one of those characters who also has that um, uh, that limit break kind of attack, you know, where you fill the meter uh, and really, whenever you're going up against one of those characters, you're kind of in for an unfair fight. Because the moment that meter hits, you're screwed. I, I've tried uh, here, um, Battle for the Grid for it on the mm-hmm. uh, on the um, consoles. I immediately put it down because of how stupid, ridiculously difficult it was. Yeah, Even yeah. for my fighting yeah, Battle for the Grid is tough. So I'm, but it, it's kind of been abandoned, yeah. and that sucks. Uh, but also, you had... Because it's that tough. <laughs> But a game you do play, you said there's been some news in the RPG front? Yeah. Um, I have my standard uh, sessions with my group, which I'm I'm happy to say I'm getting two new members. Um, I'm getting Mighty Morphin Pink in my group, and we're doing a custom Mighty Morphin Silver. But that's not why you're asking me that question. Um, we're seeing here in September, in the next couple of weeks, a jump through time. It looks like it's going to be released. They pushed it up because they pushed... Finster's cookbook to November, which is very disappointing because uh, the cookbook has the um, uh, like the how-to instructions of how to make enemies, and it has a good solid list of including like comic stuff. But a jump through time is going to be great. It's focusing on time force, um, beast morphers, also focusing on like RPM. Um, Lots again, a lot of um, previews have come out, including like the new Quantum Ranger role, which has got a lot of people's attention, uh, Rito, because you would think it shows like who we know, Quantum Ranger, right? It shows every Time Force Ranger as a Quantum Ranger. So we're trying to curious of what all's going on in this, and is this going to tie back into the comics somehow? Is this going to be tied to just, is it just something for RPG work? Because it is commissioned work. We don't know who did the commission work, but it looks like it's going to be fun. Um, I think the biggest draw for me, um, they said they were selling very limited quantities at Gen Con, and they said they now have some rule introductions for 
multiple Zords now versus just the one you own. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, middle of September is, I think, what they're aiming for. Like I said, Finster's book, cookbook was delayed a little bit. Um, but yeah, good stuff on the RPG front. Glad they keep on having that. Um, just every about six months, we're getting some good books. And just to add to Shattered Grid, um, Deck Builder just came out. And a lot of people said, based on their first impressions, it's the best um, expansion since probably in space with it. And all the expansions are good, but this one adds some very unique mechanics and some really great um, uh, card interactions. I actually got to uh, demo um, Deck Builder a couple weeks back at a charity con, and we were having fun. I played Astronema, and uh, some people played against me with uh, White and uh, Red Ranger. So, yep, be on the lookout for that. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to like sitting and reading through even more material. And what can I throw at my players? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, a couple weeks ago, fans were, you know, legitimately surprised for about five seconds until they did a little deeper reading. When Funko made an announcement related to money more from power Rangers this movie, then it turned out that it was an NFT drop. Uh, NFTs suck. Uh, they are a waste of money, bad for the environment. Don't touch them. Uh, they announced Billy, Kimberly, Tommy, and Aisha, as well as Freddie Funko as Ivan Ooze. Um, do not waste your money. We will not link to this. Oh, there's, there's also Dulcia, but do not, do not bother. Do not support this. These suck. Don't, we're, the, I saw, so I saw, I don't know what the outrage was more. I saw more people upset that Freddie Funko was Ivan Ooze versus Ivan Ooze actually getting his own. They even... I don't know what a Freddy Funko is. It's just their mascot dressed up as one of the characters with it. They're the more sought after Funkos. I do a tiny bit of Funko collecting just for autograph purposes. Um, you can't get these autographs because they don't collection. exist. Right, right. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying just the in general, but people said even if they did exist, who would want the Freddy Funko Ivan News? We want the real one. So yeah, yeah, I thought I I had a good chuckle with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also for the 30th anniversary, Hasbro unveiled 30th anniversary Funko Pops and keychains. These include the six Rangers: green, yellow, red, pink, blue, black. Uh, also a Ranger Slayer uh, previews exclusive that you can pre-order and Entertainment Earth if they still got them. Uh, the other ones are available at, oh, you can at Entertainment them. Earth and Hot Topic. Uh, there's also matching, matching pop keychains for each Ranger. Uh, but these look really cool. Unlike the other early releases, they're all holding their weapons, which is really great. Um, and I might try to track one of those down, or two of those down, or six or seven of those down when I have the opportunity. Oh, yeah, and if you're really needing them, man, they're they're available. Like like you said, Entertainment or Big Bad Toy Store, they're like twelve bucks. Like they're not expensive at all, and they look good. Yeah, they. I mean, they um, look really great. You you mentioned the Funko. Well, I'll wait a second until you finish up with Funkos because I remembered something too that people were also sorting up uh, really really uh searching after too since its initial run. What's going on? Um, Entertainment Earth, Big Bad Toy Store, and Hasbro Pulse um, reopened pre-orders for the White Ranger mm. and the Red Ranger helmet and then the Dragon Dagger. Um, yeah. They have not had a 
reprint of either since the initial one, which is very good because for people who have need them, like I need an extra just for some display purposes. A White Ranger helmet was running about four hundred dollar plus um, on eBay or Amazon, mm. and almost a thousand in conventions. So it's good that we're getting a second print of this as well um, for it. Um, mm. But you just you reminded me as we we're discussing the toy stuff. I know a lot of people missed out on that White Ranger helmet because it went fast versus some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now another item that is coming out for the thirtieth anniversary is a new hoodie or they call it a super suit from the company super x not to be confused with super seven we don't have a price on it yet all we know is that these hoodies are coming out uh later in september and they look really nice uh really comfy actually they've got the uh, the power coin on the back but otherwise it's got like the the chest design um, it looks like there are our front pockets. That's really nice. Uh, I really have no idea about, about price. There's a gold Ranger one that doesn't have the shield does have the armband things kind of depicted. So that's really cool. Um, I'm not really familiar with this company, but I'm really curious how much they're going to run. I'm, I have no familiarity with this company either, but assuming custom, using Daylight Studios as an example, the ones that do Adult Swim stuff, man, I'd assume it'd probably be easily 100, 120 plus. Yeah, and, uh, but as for Super 7, we have another Ultimates announcement from them. They are putting out a Vile Violet Rita Repulsa on their Ultimates line, which is kind of, uh, bit of a deep cut if you go back to the vintage uh merchandise and the stage show even of power rangers rita wasn't you know in her her brown dress she had a purple getup, and this figure will reflect that the uh, figure is 55 dollars and i'm not sure when it's out um but it is coming uh and you can pre-order it actually wait no it is out now or september 11th it, yeah this figure is out september 11th and you can order it from amazon super seven we're going to put a link in the show notes but the faces are really nice yeah yeah and and it's what you said too with it being the purple dress it's a nice little neat i if, if there was something i was going to get because i don't really get the action figures i'll get more statues more than anything I would get the Legacy or the Lightning Collection that Rita that just came out and have this one next to it. It's a, it's a good get. Mm -hmm. It comes with a... And the price is fair. Yeah, it comes with a uh, with chest armor uh, and a bunch of accessories as usual. It got the uh, the Love Potion, uh, the Crystal, uh, a, a Red Candle. Um, so that's, that's uh, really neat. I actually stopped by the uh, Super 7 shop while I was in San Diego, uh, I didn't buy any ah. I didn't buy anything, uh, but I, oh. I did browse. I mean, well, see, the thing is, like, how many different dragon swords does one need? Um, it's like kind of, I kind of le like there's a limit. <laughs> I, I leveled I leveled with the person there that I you know bought some stuff for Power Morphicon. I have you know all kinds of different versions of of Goldar, this that the other, but it's like I I kind of have to. Um, 
you know, suppress that SpongeBob, you know, in me, like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I definitely don't need it. Um, and I ended up uh, not buying anything from that store. Um, it's probably, you know, for the best because I am broke. Bro, me too. It's like holidays are going to be coming up soon. Like, I can't afford to get multiple Dragon Swords, multiple Super 7 stuff, so I understand your pain. Yeah. And uh, besides the Master... <laughs> it's sports ball season. Like, I want to get my $12 water at sports ball stadium, so I understand being broke. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and besides the Master Morpher, uh, Living Ranger Key, who is uh, our Lightning Collection leaker, he uh, says there is a HasLab, or he confirms that there is a HasLab power bow and power axe coming. Now, if you've been kind of keeping track, they put out the power daggers, power lance, power sword, and it's clear that these are meant to kind of interlock, but they haven't done all five yet. So it looks like that these are going to be the first Lightning Collection HasLab releases. Now... If you go on HasLab, some of these, um, not all these products get backed. So it's a bit of a gamble as, as to whether or not people will pay or pledge, I should say, this kind of money for something that isn't for you know, the Red Ranger or Green Ranger or White Ranger. Uh... I mean, again, you look at, at past projects and that, you know, while many are successful, there are ones that aren't, like the uh, Black Series uh, Rancor from Star Wars, along with uh, Reva's lightsaber from Obi-Wan, the uh, Engine of Vengeance Ghost Rider thing, uh, and the HeroScape Age of Annihilation Vanguard edition. I think there are also other earlier ones, like they were making a big old cookie monster that didn't get backed. Um, for the most recent, it's hmm? Haslab is very hit and miss. Yeah, I try to keep up with it. It's like they do, they they don't want to play it safe, but if they risk it, it will never get funded. Mm -hmm. Um, the Ghost Rider that's not um standard Ghost Rider didn't get funded. You mentioned the Cookie Monster, it didn't get funded, and yeah. It's it. I don't think this one's as much of a risk, but the price tag is gonna give people hesitancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, there is one active project which is has crossed uh, the line to get funded. A uh, they're building the ghost uh, from Ahsoka and all that. Uh, it's going to run $500. They were looking for 8,000 backers. They've gotten more than 13,000. And as we record this, this project, this crowdfunding project ends in uh, just over three days. So, you know, it's kind of trying to find like what fans of this or that brand will go for. I'd be very curious to see how this HasLab project goes uh, if they do that. At I mean, between you and me, I, I mean, everybody listening, when I spoke to people at conventions, Power Rangers is an easy sell for HasLab. Um, it was always assumed the Power Blaster was going to be 
one of those items for it because people figured that's where you're going to get the frame to be able to put all the power items together um to be able to hold some of it if it needs something like that now the flip side of it though is is this the number one thing people want no people have been begging pleading the, the doing the anime joke getting on your knees meme of like bowing down they want uh serpentera they want pyramidus that's what they really want i want tor but if this is what tor yeah people want like the zords any the orc the conqueror is, man though, is then huh? any orc the conqueror well you're you're getting to where the fans want stuff like Power Rangers. Just to put it out yeah. there, Star Wars is a safe bet. It's Star Wars. People pay for their Star Wars. Transformers is a safe bet uh, because it's Transformers. Um, even with some stuff that changed, like with Unicron, it's a safe bet. Power Rangers is a safe bet, but you have to. There's there are things people want, and the Power Blasters is not even in the top five. But kind of getting it's into like Serpentera, it's. Um, getting to unsafe bets, three zero is putting out um, the Zeo Rangers. I'm not sure when, but uh, they were on display recently. It looked really nice, but I I really am hesitant to say they'll sell a lot of those. Correct. Like that's why and Hasbro puts because... out like like 50 different versions of the MMPR team. Yeah, well, and add this in outside of. Outside the black and gold Megazord, because that's more of a, not an inside joke type of deal, but that was one of the first limited releases for Power Rangers, so it's always going to get printed. Again, people want Zords. People want, they want things that they could not get normally, or you have to go get a prop maker to get. The Z staff has been very, um, Rita staff have been very highly requested items to get, but where do you price it? For Power Rangers, it's less about the... Can we get something to sell? Yes. It's more of what is the price point people will not purchase it at. I believe if you sold a $500 Serpentera, that was massive. Oh, yeah, people would fund that instantly. I'm not um, sure if Serpentera would I'm not sure Serpentera would do it. I think a Z staff would. But you want to say it's a Z staff that's $300? Yeah, I guess uh, the problem is make a Z staff expensive. that is like, you know, like actual size, you know? And we know this because the power sword struggles to sell. Mm. The other items struggle. So it's like trying to find that balance. The power blaster was always going to come if you're talking about like a big picture one. And then the other issue, though, is like people, they they, they were very indifferent about another Megazord release. They were very indifferent about Dragonzord, but they absolutely loved the Astro Mega ship with the exception of some of the um the parts that were very very fragile again it's just so hit and miss on it and now we're also seeing like do we want say these weapons do we want these weapons or do we want some of the very exclusive stuff from the comics right now and make that toy form like we're, we're kind of at that point as well but i think regardless of long explanation it will sell uh, because people want the power axe <laughs> and they want the power bow, not just for uh, the uh, power blaster. Those were probably the most requested ones besides the power sword and um, the dragon dagger, possibly even Saba because Adam with power axe and then Kimberly for power bow. But let's be honest. We probably saw what they uh, 
um have what like models and stuff they're uh man i don't know i want the power uh, basing them off of and everything okay i i'm just kind of yeah, like but... you know like cracking jokes about real esoteric things that only i want <laughs> Hey, hey! There are two people in the world who probably want the power cannon. Let's I let's be honest. Let's get the ZO five uh uh warrior wheel thing that they use maybe like all twice in the series. Let's add that. You know, in. Let, anyway, let's put let's put, the, arm, let's put the armadillo puck on Haslab. Oh hell yeah! Let's do it. <laughs> armadillo's award for the win. No, the, the armadillo. <laughs> anyway. no, the armadillo puck. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly yeah, which one. The jungle from blaster. Our, from our. <laughs> From the what do I do with this? Um, <laughs> like, 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 yeah. like, you know, oh, ch- like uh, challenge in the hockey. Yeah, uh, it's a yo-yo. Um, the uh, I'll, I'll throw this one in there too as I'm thinking of it. Tor, um, Tor is part of it because there's a fan following. Um, Titanus, so you have everything to make the Ultra Sword. That too. So it's. Is it something people want? Yes. Is it the highest priority? No. But people will take it if it's the only thing left. Put out that, the, put um, out the Shogun Megazord the with the show-accurate pink arm. Oh, uh, you know in the um, Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid, they did that. <laughs> where the Zord card actually has the pink arm, and that was intentional yeah. because they said if we're offering it as an American product, we're going to do that kind of as an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. And they said – and we – I remember um, – when everyone was talking about it, they mentioned like in the chat, they're like, oh yeah, that was very early in development. Like the fans would be angry if we didn't do this. <laughs> so also something did come out for the 30th anniversary is the uh, 30th anniversary comic from boom studios. And that had five stories from people who are all members of the power Rangers comic family. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, like there's one story that kind of fleshes out, you know, what drives Ernie and that was dedicated to Richard Janelle. I, I found it was really, really touching, you know, the Rangers telling Ernie what he means to them and how important the work he, he does is. What did you think of that one? It was heartwarming. It ties it to the it, it ties it back to the actual like surface level Power Ranger mesh. It's like things you love are worth fighting for. Mm. Um, for it, obviously, like you delve deeper. Than- he had a completely legitimate reason of I don't know if this is what I want to do for it. Um, but it also too is like did Ernie? That goes back to that old school. Did Ernie know? Well, he might have. Um, it, there's not enough info in the comic, but it was a very very. Nice little one shot, um, very heartwarming, very, very um, uh, almost slice of life comic. It's it's a yeah. good one to start off with. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, it was definitely very a very good read. And the second story uh, was written by Melissa Flores, and it was a, about Tommy kind of putting it like putting aside his rangerly duties if only for a moment uh to get married and i i found that really a really you know really great read also again heartwarming the idea of aisha and tanya's bridesmaids and um 
Eric Trueheart and Billy as groomsmen. A lot of, a lot of cameos throughout this whole anthology, uh, and it, it was really that was really uh, really fun read. I would so first off, I'm not saying this because Misty was on our uh, subreddit doing an AMA. He was, and y'all should check it out. You should, but I'm not saying it because of that reason. But this, in my opinion, this story was the single best story in the entire 30th. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it one step further, Rito. I don't say it's about Tommy. It's about Catherine. It is. It's from her point of view. And that, yeah. Well, it's a you, – you get where I'm going that where it's like it's about Tommy, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. her learning to accept like that is who he is, but that's also who she is yeah. as well mm-hmm. that – they're, they both have a similar backstory. They both became rangers. They both realize, like, they want to make it work. Like, it's how does she accept that he's not going to put something away that he's extremely passionate about? And how could you yeah. ask him to do that when he's literally saving people's lives? Right. And it's hard, it's yeah. almost like he's in, in a larger aspect of it which i hope one day the comic explores he's chasing something he's never going to achieve mm-hmm. almost it's, it's it's a psychological thing of the he wants to it almost goes back to green with evil he keeps chasing the wanting to redeem himself from that very very short stint as an evil green ranger but and we saw that anxiety in master vile and the metallic armor Correct. Uh, you know, so, when he was but yeah, he I touched the Zeo crystal without, you know, turning inside out or something. Correct. And to me, that should have been the resolution of that arc. But then it goes more to the he's doing this as a higher power almost thing, which is where the Draken stuff comes yeah. from as well. So I like it, but I, I, I like I, seeing Catherine's point of yeah. view also because Catherine is not nearly as loved like by the fandom as she should be. She yeah. has great insight. Well, <laughs> Uh, Melissa Flores, I believe she did said in the AMA, I believe, that she consulted Catherine Sutherland about this story. And I also enjoyed how, as the comics so often do, it reconciled uh, Dino Thunder and the things that led to Dino Thunder with what we know is Tommy's future. Yeah. I the the MIT stuff. Well, well, depends on what the time frame is, because the time frame has it looks like maybe post Dino Thunder, but he didn't get the Master Morpher until uh uh what's it called until well after that. So unless the story is like doing outside the multiple flashback stuff for it, um, he didn't marry Catherine until well after Dino Thunder then. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we know and we know that they settled down in Reefside, and we know that they were holding hands at the ends of at the end of Dimensions in Danger. Correct. And I mean, I'll be upfront. I love the art for Catherine's wedding dress. That is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. I love it. I love it. Uh-huh. Like, I'm a sucker for the stories of the seeing the other side of it. Um, I. I'm, Anybody who knows me, I'm not a big fan of Sword Art Online, but I love Sword Art Online's alternate um, movies focusing on Asuna. This is very much in line with that, where I'm a sucker for that, because it shows the, do you accept for them for who they are, which is part of marriage. Like, 
do you accept your 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 partner's strengths and flaws with it so it's it's a very beautiful story in my opinion for it plus we got to see tommy use the master morpher again so that's fun <laughs> and not get his back broke <laughs> oh yeah yeah and the, the third story uh like the first story about ernie focuses on the internal life of a side character it's matt and groom story about alpha and begins somewhere we never thought anything power rangers would revisit with Idnoy and king lexian turning alpha five on and telling him that it's up to Alpha to discover his purpose and focuses on everything he does for the Rangers and why and how dedicated he is, not just to the Rangers, but to Zordon. And yeah, I thought this was a really, really interesting story. I agree too. Um, that's something we've always like kind of got like little bits and pieces of of course here and there um from it but it was nice to see alpha really get a focus on his own story and even to this day as far as i'm aware we still really don't know the outcome of alpha 5 we've heard oh he was destroyed then it's like no he wasn't destroyed on um eltar during in space there is a lot i assume he was because of like later on stuff especially like operation overdrive um, for it, um, where we see some of the other models and stuff as well. Um, or, um, what was it? Um, Forever Red. I said Operation. Yeah, Overdrive, that was Alpha 6. But, um, he just sounded like Alpha 5. Right. Op uh, it was Forever Red, who was Alpha 7. Um, but, that said, I, I really did enjoy um, this one, too. And they showed us the battle at Eltar, too. Which mm -hmm. kind of helps out, considering the comics run. Um, for it, seeing the Eltarium War, that really helped out a lot. And I love seeing Ecliptor in uh, this art. It's really great. <laughs> and the other two stories, I think we might have a little disagreement here. Uh, the fourth story was written by Amy Jo Johnson and Matt Hodson. It's a sort of preview of her limited, of their, I should say, limited comic series coming up called The Return. And it really sets the table for what that series is going to be about. It posits a world where the Mighty Morphin team was never forced to split up for any reason. Where, uh, where Jason, Zach, and Trini were able to go to the Peace Conference and balance that with their ranger duties where kim was implicitly able to pursue her dreams of pan global games and remain a ranger uh but it also posits that in this timeline there are some very bad things that happen and the it makes the rangers kind of become jaded and I think it's fascinating to explore those possibilities. And it's also an interesting counterpoint to the cat story where, you know, what if, what if they stayed a couple or what if Tommy and Kimberly stayed a couple? Um, maybe that would have happened if, you know, if the team never, if they never uh, had to go long distance. 
And You're, are you talking this story? Yes, this story. Okay, because it's not. That's Catherine in the wedding uh, picture. It's Catherine. Uh, Amy Joe confirmed that. Okay, let me back up. Okay, yeah, because I okay, I'm assuming uh, you're gonna just re-say that um for it. Yeah, I thought the same thing too, Rito, and then it was no, that is a they are still broken okay. up. They're still a team, yeah. but he went with Catherine. Okay, <laughs> that so, did not change. Okay, so the comic posits this future where the team didn't split, but in this alternate timeline, there are some very bad things that happen instead. Uh. Now, Tommy and Kat still end up a couple, but Kim is implicitly able to do the pan global games, all that without leaving the team. But it it, it sets the table for uh, for the limited series in a really interesting way, and I'm very excited to see where it goes from here. I am too, and to preface for this story and the next one, I have nothing against the stories. Um, I think they are very, very intriguing. Um, I don't like them being in this comic. That these should be have should have been saved for free comic book day or another annual. I don't think they fit very well with this one because I don't like previews and something that's really not meant to be a preview comic. That said, that aside, I did like Amy Joe's ones. It's very intriguing. It's almost streamlined some of the storytelling and it's almost like a what amy joe always envisioned what was going to happen on power rangers if they never had the the true peace conference and um um what's it called the true peace conference cast change yeah um it also makes sense of things that oh let's keep zed menacing excuse me um while getting him and Rita together versus the moms complaining and them having to and tone it, down it gets, Zed. It gets him and Rita together at a very different time. Correct. Correct. It streams live in the process of it, and it makes sense uh, why some of the stuff happened, just like um, how it gets to the repower. I like it. It's very... I almost would say... If Boom Studios did not do Power Rangers as they did, of reimagining it with modern technology, this is probably the other way to go on it. And it's really, really, really neat the direction she is. There's enough change for it where it's like this kind of makes sense of why they went this direction for it. And I also want to highlight the work of the artist in the story, Francesco Mortarino, who nail the visual language of the episodes where her timeline would starts to diverge. Yeah. Like everything from like the, the silhouette that they use to hide the, uh, the fake Shemps. That was, that was a really, yeah. that was a really smart twist. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You know, I wouldn't be surprised but if he yeah, actually yeah. tried to get the silhouettes of the fake ships. Yeah. You know, the um, the only thing I do want to highlight in the Amy Joe one while I'm thinking of it, I, I do really like that they don't, at least shown in the, the little short, they show that uh, they don't gain the thunder powers. It's a little bit different. 
that they did stick with their original Zords on a certain uh, uh, panel. That's something I also know that was very, very, very neat. Uh, so finally, there is the fifth story, which is another Ranger Academy preview. It's a short story told kind of from Billy's perspective, where he's being recruited to join the Academy. I think it's important to note that the Ranger Academy stuff is all kind of in its own world. Uh, it's edited by a different editor than the mainline series. So none of that stuff really impacts anything going on in the main comics. So it's a different Billy, let's say. Uh, I'm not sure if this series is going to be for me, but it was interesting to get a look inside the Ranger Academy or a look inside what Billy's mindset is. I agree with that. Um, And, you know, it's meant for little kids. This one's meant to be more of a all ages, almost like Young Avengers, Young Titan or Teen Titans esque one. Which, hey, I'm okay with that. Let's. I'm. I'm. I'm cautious on how it's going to be because I. I'm one of those. I don't want to criticize it and then go. Well, it's not meant for me. At the same time, how much is it going to build on? And you know, they're not going to leave them alone. Like they'll probably interact with some of the main cast and stuff going on, and probably even pull elements from the main cast at some point. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I'm I'm really t- I'm waiting to see like what they're going to do for a different audience. I think that's a better way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna buy a few issues and see what's going on, but they won't be as essential to understanding uh what's going on in the mainline comics as um as say you know you need to buy both Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers before the two lines were uh, united as they were. And yeah, after also in the book, after a collection of morphing splash pages, there is a guide on what issues you need to buy or look back on to understand what's going on going forward in the comics. I thought it was a nice touch, but you kind of wish that they would have like included that in uh, issue 111 or something. It seemed like a weird place to add that sort of thing. But I think all in all, I, I enjoyed the the 30th anniversary comics. I thought it was a really nice tribute uh, to the franchise uh, and the work that's been done in the comics over the years. And um, I really uh, look forward to what Amy Jo Johnson and Matt Hodson are doing uh, with their series when it, when that comes out. Yeah. And it's very much a, for the stories they picked, it was very much a good tribute to 30 years of like, if we're so solely focusing on MMPR, they picked the right stories, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like I said, my only gripe of the last two or um, the fifth and the fourth and fifth story with Amy Joe's and Ranger Academy needing to be kind of their own thing to not take up space in the 30th, it's fine. Yeah, and also. Just on Friday, we got a preview of issue 112, which is out in local comic stores and on digital storefronts on September 27th. Uh, This is from Boom Studios. A master arch explosion strands Trini, Zach, Kimberly, Tommy, Aisha, and Matt on a mysterious and deadly planet where they're constantly under attack 
by Mistress Vile's thralls. Meanwhile, the creepy infection in the sky continues to grow. At the same time, Billy finds himself in a pocket of interdimensional space inside the Morphin Grid, where he confronts a construct of a recently departed friend. Um, I'm really... I, I like where they're going with the, um... With the arc so far. I haven't actually read issue 111. I bought it, and I haven't read it. Uh, I'll have to get to that. It's it's very lore-heavy. Mm. Um, it's not really action, go at it, but there's also 12 months of it. Something you mentioned for it, and I do want to clarify for any of our listeners, for it, in our AMA with Melissa, someone asked, are there going to be zombies in Darkest yeah. Hour? And she said, no. That is just meant to be tributes to uh, Marvel zombies. People got the way wrong impression for it. That's why it's a cover B. So again, there are not going to be zombies in uh, Darkest Hour. <laughs> she made that very clear. Yeah. But also, one last thing related to comments before the break. You know, checking Amy Joe's uh, Instagram along with, you know, posts like photo dumps about the anniversary. It seems like she's really, really excited for people to get a, get a taste of this. Um, like, go down to, like, going to a local comic shop just to make sure, in Toronto, uh, to make sure they still had it in stock. Um, and I'm really, really happy for her making this jump in the comics. Or, make like, tr tr like trying to, like, put her own voice into these stories. Um, that's very exciting. And she, like, I think comics is the one thing where that, that she hasn't done yet. Like, she's done music, she's written, she's directed, and it's, I, I, it has to be so much fun for her, uh, to try something new like this. Yeah, and it's, I'm happy for her that she found, that she can share her writing and her music with the fans it's almost like each one's now finding like their next step in the ranger part and the filling the um like the small um areas such as like jason david frank was always a part of the community um billy um um david yoss and his return with the amy joe with the writing like it seems like it's now going to that next step so it's really neat mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. um yeah so we're gonna take a break and we will be right back speaking of billy with talk about Cosmic Fury. So you want to hear people talk about Japanese cartoons. You know, anime. But you think the other anime podcasters just aren't nerdy enough? Sounds like you need to join forces with the Anime World Order. Where each week, three self-proclaimed experts offer you reviews. Of titles both new and classic, news and commentary. Rants, convention reports, interviews with fandom. And some hentai and yaoi for good measure. So search for Anime in the iTunes Music Store. Or visit our website at AnimeWorldOrder.com. Anime World Order, revealing the truth about anime, one podcast at a time. You know, I'm the kaiju guy now, thanks to the Monster Island Film Fault. But before that, I was the superhero guy. I wonder if there's a way I could combine those. Hey, Nathan. Uh, Travis from Kaiju Weekly. Yeah, I'm here because I need a co-host for a new Toku Heroes podcast. Oh? What's it called? Him. Shin! Standing by. Complete. That's right, heroes. We are the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu superheroes appreciation podcast. 
Join us as we watch several episodes of a TV series from the wide world of Henshin heroes and discuss their merits and cultural significance. Starting with one of my all-time favorites, the original Kamen Rider from 1971. We'll give out awards for things like the best action scenes and crazy what the Henshin moments. So hear us every Monday in your favorite podcatcher to get your weekly Rider Kicks. Gotta go, because we only have a minute to henshin it. Okay, and we are back. Now, on August 17th, Hasbro finally had something to announce. We were wondering, wondering, wondering when we get a trailer, and we got the mother load. As rumored, David Yost is in Cosmic Fury, not just as a guest, but as a series regular uh Jacqueline Joe has also been promoted to a series regular uh leak suggests she will be the orange ranger um and Billy there's in at least as far as the teasers and the title sequence for the first episode go he is shown to be rocking his mighty morphin costume and this series takes place after uh, Billy's most recent appearance in Power Rangers, which was earlier this year. Uh, And it won't directly have anything to do with that other appearance, though there may be some references here and there. I think, you know, the rumors seem to be on point as to Billy, as to Fern... As to Heckle, who another teaser from Netflix revealed is also in this show. And it seems really at this point anything is possible for Cosmic Fury. And I am just super duper hyped. How about you? I am too, especially with it being 10 episodes. That's easy to keep up with. Heck, like, I still do the old school Saturday morning. I'll watch one episode a week just to pad stuff because I just don't have the time. I, I can't bend. Well, I, I don't have the attention span. My thing it. is it, it but, comes out while I'm working at a convention, so I won't be able to watch it right away. I'm definitely going to binge, like watch like two, three, four episodes, you know, in a in a batch. Oh, I have patience. I think we'll I, talk, I do we'll like, talk about like them that. in batches probably. Hey, that works with me. I, I look at it more of as a – I can read one chapter of One Piece at night and be okay with it. I can do one episode a week and be a-okay from it. Um, the the big thing I caught, and um, I think it was it was Jason, one of the original writers for Boom. He pointed out the visor color for Heckle is not the same color as um, his Sentai counterpart. That's, well, here's he the said, problem. Please. Here's the problem. There, there's a reason for that. It's a bit of a fighting spirit situation. Now, for those who, you know, don't go back this far, um, the Power Rangers Dino Thunder episode Fighting Spirit included the White Ranger, the Red Zero Ranger, and the Green Ranger. Um, but the Green Ranger had a white holster and a weird uh, silver stripe on the front of the helmet. Um, like a uh, you know, kind of detailing on it. And Jackie Marchand says it's just what Toy sent us. And Hasbro actually put out um, a two-pack featuring, you know, they said in the box, Fighting Spirit Green Ranger, that those same, you know, weird misprinted details um, 
and the other toy included was a putty. And right, what happened this time, according to Simon Bennett, is what they got is just what Toy sent, and what they sent was the um, the Death Ranger suit and the Kyoto Navy helmet. So that's why it looks the way it does. There is no, there is no, you know, decision per se to have the character look like that. It just looks like that. Correct. Biscoff says um, from his um, Jason Bischoff. Lito, he used to be he, from Saban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he actually has a story he wants to write for Boom. Ah, okay. To explain the visor difference. So it's like. If we're going to have it, let's explain it in story. And it, it, I mean, I'm okay with that if he wants to do that, because that's one of those uh, makes it unique for American audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fans are like trying to pick apart almost frame by frame all the details from the material that's been put out so far. Like, it seems that like, there are fans drawing parallels between the way it looks like the Rangers will first morph and Billy uh, kind of being off to the side while the Zeo Rangers morph for the first time. So like he might be in a role kind of similar to that, but he'll also be morphing and fighting and being in a Zord cockpit, uh, kind of similar to the way that Tommy was in Dino Thunder, where he's, you know, the guy in the chair, but also out there helping the Rangers. And I, yeah. I feel like the opening, it strictly said that this is the opening to the first episode. I think there are elements of that opening that are bamboozling us. We don't, we see Fern, but we don't, we see like, you know, next to her is just file shots of Fern from Dino Fury. We don't see her suited up. Or we see Billy in the cock, a cockpit shot of Billy in his Mighty Morphin costume and all the other, the three other Rangers with him are in their Dino Fury costumes, the suits. Uh, and the same is true of the rest of the opening. Like the like we see the Rangers in their Dino Fury suits. And I think it's similar to the first episode of Rangers in Space, where the opening showed Divatox and not Astronema and didn't show Andros at all because there were secrets that the show wanted to preserve until you actually watch the episode. Correct. Um, I I think we're going to see that. And, and, I mean, lore-wise, it would make sense for why everything happened, why they're having it, the intro stuff. But, I mean, they gave us just enough. Like, yeah. I thought, for example, the um, we've already even got, like, little, like a five-second teaser when they were previewing Netflix's, like, fall lineup um, for mm-hmm. it. And it was like... Uh, Everyone thought it was good. I thought the the stuff on the poster was like new Dark Rangers. No, it's just like Zed's minions now, um, which did throw some people off. On the poster, it does also look like we're visiting maybe Miranoi. Yeah, maybe. And one, um, one of Zed, be... one of Zed's lackeys is a Zed fanboy, according to that Netflix. Yeah, book. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. He has a shirt and everything. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Um, is I mean I'm like if we're going for old school Zed, are we going to see an upgraded Serpentera? Is Zed going to do? So? Who knows? From it, we we got just a, just enough to give us a little little taste 
of with it. And I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do, especially if we're having this many guest rangers already back um, with it. We're having, like you said, um, Heckle. We're having Billy. We're having Mick. Mick. Like, well, you could do like a whole, like, like the clip they released isn't that much of a uh, a clip exactly. It's like Mick running into Amelia, who mentions something on a cosmic portal, and uses her Rathconian powers to bring Mick up to speed on everything. And it runs through clips of Dining Figure, which is a really fun way of of bringing people up to speed on a show that hit Netflix months ago. Um, but you know, you could do this whole well, ten hey, episode hey. series and have Kelson Henderson guest starring as a different character in each episode. Yeah, well, it's also too like uh, that can tie back to the original like season part one, I guess season one, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it of um, um, Dino Fury. Where what what is the Ninja Nexus doing? Well, it's here because it's going to help out um, with the uh, whatever's happening in Cosmic Fury. It found its purpose again to do that. So who knows? And we may see him morph. Who knows? I mean, he's morphed before. Well, morph again. I'll put it that way. It's we got enough content. Um, and I, you know, we're gonna get more previews and stuff. Like they just showed um, um, what's his name's um weapon, and how it's related to the Morphin Masters. Like it's a toy that got shown. Um, uh, that's being put in uh WalMarts and Targets right now. Um, so I mean. We're, we're going to discover stuff. It's 10 episodes. As everyone said, they're very curious on, is this truly the end of the end uh, for this before the reboot? Which, I mean, I would say I think, yes. I mean, we know, we is, know it's an end because they've cleared out and whatever's next is not is under a new universe. I think I think that's one thing that Jonathan Whistle's been clear on, that it's a new universe, whatever he's doing. So, you know, this is a victory lap. Correct. Correct. It's a. This is the. What do you call it, um, Rito? This is the gift to the fans. Essentially, this is the ten episode wrap up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to bring in all the fan favorites that have been and, missed. And can I say I love the morphing sequence? I think it sort of ditches the onesie thing that a lot of these seasons, where the Rangers don't have like uniforms per se, have a you know they morph and there's they're wearing a onesie. Yeah, yeah. The, and the I'm, morph I'm, is great. I, I love everything except the way they put the helmet on. The helmet's really silly looking, but everything else, I agree. It looks pretty slick. Well, they can't. It looks they can't help. Streamlined. They can't help the more the helmet's looking silly looking. It's real soldier. Correct. I mean, I mean more of the when they the morph is just like they swipe their. If I recall, it's like swipe the hand swipe down and it down. comes up. Yeah. Versus, yeah. That that looks a little silly to me. I think they could have done another. I mean, is it that way for is that? It that but worse I don't know than how. the helmet? closing like you know from behind like like in the dino fury morph where it closes behind kind of like a lunchbox you know no i would have done it if they were really yeah. doing a tribute if they're going back to mmpr type of deal the, the have grid, it just, like, yeah, the grid, like have it form in the front yeah or, yeah or you know have it do the grid effect but i guess that'd be kind of like repeating themselves because they they redid that earlier this year yeah. Now, I 
forgot to drop the release date. The, the whole 10 episodes hit Netflix on September 29th. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching it. I'm going to try to stay away from spoilers. You know, i got to take the rare step of muting the word Power Rangers on the Hell site on Twitter uh, or whatever Twitter's called by then. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter. We are at RangerCast. And you can find me on Twitter at A-R-E-S-E-F. And on Reddit, same handle. You can find us on r slash Power Rangers. And uh, how about you, Josh? What do you got to plug? Uh, Just standard place. You can find me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, at Crimson Sooners. Um, on Reddit, find me as one of the mods, Rosgree's uh, Infinity. If you're following me on Twitter, know it's sports ball season. That's my, my outlet to vent the perfect uh, sports world stuff. So you will definitely get more sports world stuff than uh, Power Ranger stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway... Thanks so much for listening. We know it's been a long, long, long show, but we had a lot to talk about. There are actually things we cut, believe it or not, uh, but we will see you next time. Have a good one. Have a good one. If you like what you just heard, find us at rangercast.net or look us up in your favorite podcast app. Reach out to us on Twitter or leave a voicemail on our website. The opening theme is by Daniel Park. The ending theme is by me. RangerCast is distributed under Creative Commons license, a tribute and share alike. Mm-hmm.